Hello, welcome to the Girl I Slept in My Makeup podcast by three sisters who live in three different states who are excited to talk to each other and also to learn and grow alongside of each of you. My name is Megan. I'm Kristen. And I'm Lauren. Hey, sisters. Hey. (laughs) Yay. Well, welcome to another week. We're super excited to have a guest today. It's always fun to get to know somebody new. Today we have Kelly Bandis on the episode today and she is based in Nashville. She is a comedy writer originally from Boston and her work has been featured on Huffington Post, Scary Mommy, who I love and follow, also Today Parents and many more. She has the most fun Instagram. If you don't follow her already, it's Kelly underscore Bandis. And I found her just through a video about, like, I don't even know how to describe the video. You're kind of poking fun on influencers and like your three favorite products. And I just couldn't stop laughing. I sent it to everybody I know. And I was like, I have to meet this lady. <laughs> Did you use my code wart20 on that one? So you could get your free wart yeah. remover. Wart20. <laughs> yeah. I think my favorite part was Crozier. <laughs> <laughs> And it's also funny because I actually have wart remover and I have skin tag remover. So I was like, oh, well, she's just talking straight to me. Yeah. We all have those like super embarrassing things in our medicine cabinet that we'd never want anyone to see. And I just feel like we've all got them. So we might as well talk about them. Yeah, exactly. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for being here with us today. And if you will, just share with us and our listeners a little bit more about you and your background and what your passions are today and really how did you get into the comedy industry? Oh, man. It's so weird because I'm at an age now that I feel like my backstory is so long. Like when I was cute and 20, I was like, oh, I went to this school and did this. (laughs) But, oh gosh, to, to boil it all down into a nutshell, I started as like a quote unquote mommy blogger, um, I don't know, five or six years ago and like fully sucked at it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't like do the poses or any of the influencery stuff. So from there, it just kind of morphed into, like you said, you know, poking fun at that in, in a nice way. I have a lot of friends yeah. in the industry and they're awesome and great. And so that's kind of how it started. And it is just turned into one of the most fun parts of my life, just creating videos, writing sketches. I'm working on a TV pilot right now. It's just become a really cool creative outlet because as a mom, you like to exercise the adult parts of your brain too. Yes. Yeah. So that's been really fun. And so me and my family just live just outside of Nashville. Like you said, I have three boys And uh, my husband and I uh, recently adopted our our youngest son from the Philippines about a year ago. And yeah, he he is just the most fun. And uh, and so, yeah, that's kind of where our family is right now. But overall, I just, you know, I'm like a lot of people, I'm spending a lot of my time virtual schooling my kids or driving our youngest to preschool. And so, you know, just trying to balance the fun, creative parts of life with you know, regular momming stuff. Yes. I love it. And that's so cool. I didn't realize you have um, an adopted son. We have a nephew who's adopted and it was kind of the first adoption in our family and it's been the coolest experience. Yeah. yeah it's, um, it's so much to learn and, you know, I'm, I'm trying to learn a lot now from adult adoptees because there's, you know, there's the whole process of bringing your child home and, and creating a family and then you have to learn how to 
parent a child who might be you know, from a different racial background, or our son has multiple disabilities. So we're, you know, just learning how to parent him in the very best way possible. So it's just a lot, a lot of learning, a lot of challenging ourselves, but mostly he just is like, when I say he wakes up at like a 10 on the happy scale, like that's the biggest understatement I could ever say. Like he wakes up singing, he falls asleep singing. So our family is so cute. So lucky. So lucky to have him as a part of it. Yes, that's so amazing. And I'm sure you get asked this a lot, but just with the little bit that you just shared, it's so, it's so much. And how do you find time to incorporate that creative outlet of yours? And what does it take to make sure that you make time for that and for yourself? Give us some yeah. tips. <laughs> it's so important, I think, and, and I found for my own mental health, to if I have to lock my door and yell to my husband, I'm off the clock and just, <laughs> yeah. time, you know, cause otherwise, you know, you, I think we've maybe have all been through a period of time where you feel like you lose yourself a little bit, whether it's with your day job or with motherhood where you just don't, there's not like, you know, no one's your pilot light isn't lit. You just feel like you don't have an outlet that isn't just going yeah. through the motions. And I think it's so important to whatever it is, whatever you're passionate about, to find the time and make the time. And it is a busy season. We all, you know, whatever, we're all in this crazy busy season of like always being at home with our kids right now. But even even in that time, just finding a neighbor or a partner or a friend that can cover you for 30 minutes. That's, I mean, really, that's that's how quickly I have to do my videos just because it, it's a tough time right now. But they get done or I stay up late or I wake up early or we watch cartoons for an entire Saturday. So, (laughs) you know, chance to catch my breath. And I think, you know, moms sometimes feel or, you know, just people in general feel bad about taking that time or using the TV or a babysitter or whatever it is. But we have to be sure that we're filling up our tanks so that we can be the best version of ourselves. Absolutely. Totally. Love that. So just since I'm also in Nashville, I was just curious, do you also do like stand up at all? Or is it more, you know, social media videos, things like that? Well, I'm a super big coward. So I've never done anything that's not behind a screen. I wish that's on my bucket list. Like before I die, I would love to get up and do stand up. Um, But right now I'm just doing writing and then stuff on social media. But since you have called me out, so cool. I will say <laughs> that I have to do oh, it. No. I, well, the reason I say is because like me, my husband and I love Zanies. Yeah. And literally, which is a local comedy club here in Nashville. And literally every time someone comes and visits, we take them to Zanies. So I was like, oh my gosh, that'd be so cool if like you were uh, doing that or something. I would definitely come see you. <laughs> oh, that would, well, yeah. Whenever I do it, I'm sure I'll have to play. Somewhere much smaller first, but I will let you know for sure. Hey, you never never know. And I love that you said when I do it, not if I do it. So we are going to hold you to that. But I can say just from the few videos that I've watched you, you definitely have what it would take and we would all be your biggest fans. So go for it. For sure. That's so sweet. (laughs) So tell us, you mentioned a little bit about your son with disabilities, and I know that you've shared with us just how passionate you are when it comes to this 
topic and we can learn so much from you. And so I would love to be able to just share this knowledge with our listeners as well. But you talked about anti-ableism and just around being a mom of a son with multiple disabilities. And so just tell us all about that and what, what can we learn from you on there? Thank you for asking, first of all, because it's so nice just to be able to have an open conversation about about this. And I think the most important thing about anti-ableism is just being able to have these discussions and not have people immediately be offended. Like, I'm not an ableist. I don't feel that way. I think everyone is the same. When in reality, Mm -hmm. everyone isn't the same. And that's great. It's beautiful. It should be celebrated. My son is part of the deaf community and we celebrate that, that in our house. It's not, you know, it's not something that we wish were different about him. It's not something that we want to change. And and that's true for anyone who, anyone anywhere on the spectrum of, of what we would call a disability. I think that as a, as a community, uh, we need to embrace pro. So before I like fully nerd out, my background is in speech language pathology so for a oh, long cool. time, I worked with kids from three to six, helping them to communicate, helping them learn some sort of, whether it was verbal communication, picture exchange, whether they used an iPad to communicate sign language, whatever it was, to create a modality for them to be able to communicate. And what I learned from that is that communication for kids looks so different. And when we try and put kids in a box and make them do what we think is quote unquote normal, it does not set them up for success. We need to treat each child as an individual. And I think that we are able to do that for children. But as kids get older, again, we try and put them back into that box of you need to look this way, sound this way when you talk, you need to walk this way. And what I would love people to understand about my son or any, you know, any child or any adult with disabilities is that we want to celebrate differences. We want to celebrate what makes them unique, empower them, follow their lead, most importantly, especially with things like the language that you use. You know, if someone wants to just for as an example, if someone wants to be use the word deaf or they might want to use the word hearing impaired, just respect what that individual wants and don't try and put your label on that person and just celebrate however they want to express their individuality. Um, And I think if we can, if we can embrace that, then we'll be doing, we'll be doing a really good job. Yeah. I love love that. that. That's so good. And uh, it's interesting that you just said that just yesterday, I'm on a group chat with some friends and I can't remember even how this topic came up. Oh, one of the moms was saying how one of their son's teachers, the music teacher is transgender and they asked the children to call them teacher, not Mrs. or Mr. And so that kind of sparked this conversation amongst, and I was kind of just sitting back listening, but I think my outlook on that was I appreciate people like you and like your son who are willing to be forthcoming of, Hey, here's what, here's what I want to be called, or here's the proper terms, you know? And so that people like me and us who are just a little bit naive or just don't know, but we want to know. So I think that's awesome that you're able to just say, Hey, here's, here's what we would appreciate. And then, and then we can do that. And it kind of takes like the awkwardness or the questioning or the uncomfortableness out of 
conversations like that, don't you think? Yeah. That no, that's a really great point. And the the more that we see it, the more representation there is in the media and in, in books, on TV, whatever, the easier it is to have those conversations with people and the more we are comfortable bringing up the topic. Mm-hmm. So my son started preschool this week, like I was telling you guys, and I, I try and be really careful about what of his short his story that I share because it's not my story, it's his story. So I, I try and be really conscientious about that. But one thing that I will share is that he walked up to another little boy who CJ, my son, wears amplification. So he has a cochlear implant and a, um, a hearing aid. And not all members of the deaf community choose to use amplification. So f- different families are different. But there's a child in his class who also has some amplification. And CJ walked up to this kid and signed and said to him, you, me, same. And it just, teacher told me, and that just made my heart explode. Just if kids and adults have the opportunity to see people who look like them or hear like them or talk like them, it just, it's so important. And I'm so encouraged to see more representation now than there was even, you know, two or three years ago. So that that's really exciting. And I think that will offer more opportunities for those kinds of conversations. For sure. And so what would you say, what can we learn from you? So as, as moms and parents of young ones and my son's nine now, but I do remember just a few years ago when kids get to that age where they do start to notice differences uh, amongst their peers. And it's not coming from a place of judgment. It's just coming from a place of Oh, you know, seeing the differences. And so what can you, what would be the best response that another mom or dad could have, let's say in front of you and your child, where say my son verbally expressed or asked a question about the differences that he was seeing in front of him? What makes you as a mom with a son with a disabilities, I'm sorry, like what would feel the best for another mom to respond to her child? That's such a great question. Thank you for asking that. I think as a mom, I would, I would want another mom to encourage their child to ask my child. I think sometimes when we see people who have a visible difference, we think maybe that they aren't able to communicate with us. Um, Mm -hmm. Someone might see CJ and assume that he doesn't know how to talk or, you know, understand what they're saying. But when People direct their converse, their their language to him. If he doesn't know how to respond, he'll look to me and I can interpret for him. But mm-hmm. giving him the agency over himself to act as his as his own voice and be his own advocate is really a, a great thing that that I as a mom can can help him with. And so if other parents just encourage their child, instead of asking me, ask the child, I think that really encourages independence and kind of takes the you know, the quote unquote unknown out of the equation because it's just two kids talking ultimately. Right. Yeah. That's such good good advice. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Well, it was funny when you brought up when he said, we're the same. That just like made me want to cry. That's so sweet. And it's just (laughs) such a natural reaction. I remember being in kindergarten and this is not the same, but I was like, oh my gosh, I had that same moment in kindergarten I saw, you know, I remember Chelsea, she had red hair too, because I have red hair and 
I don't know why I didn't know many other redheads. And I just went up to her and was like, hey, we both have red hair. Do you want to sit by each other? Like, yeah. I don't know why kids do that, but it's so cute. That's exactly right. Jerry Seinfeld has this bit where he just says, like, you're my size. You're my friend. There's no, yeah. you know, there's not like a ton of qualifiers. Just like, let's play. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I know. I've been like, I want to diversify my friendship groups, but it is like a natural reaction, I think, that we have to acknowledge to, you know, want to be around somebody that's like you, I guess. Yeah. Young age. Oh, that makes total sense. <laughs> yeah. So you said, how do, so before your son came along, or, or, or I guess once he did come along, how did your family adjust to the ways, different ways of communication? And, and what do you guys do in your household? So... We, I mean, this is such a God thing. I was really fortunate to, to be working in a school that really emphasized American Sign Language. So before CJ ever came along, I had the opportunity to work with certified teachers of the hearing impaired, um, deaf educators, interpreters, and they were all teaching me once we, once we were matched with CJ and we knew that he had a hearing impairment. So from that time, probably about a year before CJ came home, we all started learning American Sign Language or ASL. Um, I have two older boys, Oliver and Archie. They're nine and six now. And it's it's really fun to learn. We're, we're taking classes. My husband and I are taking college level classes right now um, because we are not fluent by, by any stretch of the imagination. But there's so much that goes into learning about ASL. Deaf culture is a beautiful and rich culture, and we are trying to learn and soak up as much of it as we can so that we can introduce CJ to it and offer him, you know, just all of the opportunities that are out there for kids who are deaf or hearing impaired. And so in our house to talk to CJ, we use American Sign Language and we speak English. So what we do, <laughs> this is so nerdy uh, to get to get into the nitty gritty of it, but I I think it's interesting. We use something called PSE, which is Pigeon Signed English. So we use American Sign Language, but we do it in English word order hmm. because he does voice as well as sign. So that's what we're doing right now. Um, our neighbors have started using um, ASL with CJ, which is so fun to wow, see. so sweet. Yeah, just the neighborhood embracing him and, you know, from the kids to the parents and that just makes like if anything's going to make your heart explode as a mom it's stuff like that yeah. people just going the extra mile to make sure that your child feels included and wanted and seen most importantly wow yeah. so That's, cool that is really cool i actually took a year of asl when i was a freshman in high school and oh, cool. i just remember it being so hard and i was like i'm not going to lie i really struggled cuz i wanted to do something different cuz you know everybody just took spanish so i was like i'm going to take sign language you know yeah. uh, it's definitely not an easy thing to learn and so i that's so awesome it's challenging and and what's i think a misconception is that it's just english but in signs and mm -hmm. it's not, it's its own language with its own grammatical structures. You know, every country has, has a different sign language. So it's not a universal language. It's, it's really a beautiful, rich language, but I was exactly like you. I had, I had no idea that I was like signing up to learn, learn another language when we started. Um, yeah. It, it's a challenge. It really is. Yeah. And like you said, just what a God thing that this was really introduced into your life before you even knew that it would play such, such a huge part of your life. So that yeah. is really, really cool to hear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's 
unfolded in such a way that it's completely undeniable that, you know, it was out of our control from the very beginning. Yeah, Yeah, that's so cool. And your sons, the older boys, they enjoy learning it as, as well. They do. It's really neat to see them kind of show off with it sometimes like they'll be out with their friends and they will sign to me from far away and let me just say if you want to have control of your children from a large from like a great distance I cannot emphasize how important it is to know American Sign Language because like they can be housing 100 yards away and I can just sign at them and not have to yell it's great it's really nice I didn't think right. I didn't think about that. That's absolutely amazing. <laughs> Talk about mom hack. We right? all need to learn uh, we need to at least learn like the basics so absolutely. we can Absolutely. Yeah. Instead of instead of giving like the mom eyes, it's like yeah. you know, we're yeah. gonna have this secret language that not a lot of people know what I'm saying to you. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, yeah. it's very effective at a great distance. So I'm thankful for that. Yeah, that's-, <laughs> that's so cool. Well, I had no idea. I mean, it's just so cool. Like I reached out to you at random because of this Instagram video and what a cool story you have. You oh, have thanks. so much to share with people. It's so neat. <laughs> thank you. I love that. that. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say it's part of the fun is, you know, we think that we know so, you know, we thought we were just going to be interviewing an uh, amazing comedy writer, but little did we know that you, your story is so much bigger than that. And it's so just refreshing to hear people's personal story and the things in their life that gets them to where they are today and, and all of that. So we, we just love, love it. So thank you for sharing. Oh yeah. My, it's my pleasure. And I also wanted to ask about the comedy. So like what if someone were interested in kind of doing what you're doing, like what would your like biggest tips, tricks be for someone who's just like starting out? Oh, that's such a good question. My biggest tip would just to be don't try and do anything other than what you find authentically funny. I mean, if you are specifically going to do the comedy thing, find what makes you laugh and then dig in hard to that. Don't try and be the next this person or the next that person do what feels like your own thing. And I promise people will see the authenticity in that and embrace it. And you will find the people that have your same sense of humor and that get it and that think you're funny. You will find people that are like, what the hell is this? Not for (laughs) me. No, thank you. Unfollow. And that's okay. But do, Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do something that brings you joy. That makes you laugh. I'll be very honest. I make a lot of videos And my six-year-old who has a very refined sense of humor will just say, mom, that's not funny. I'm like, oh, great. (laughs) That's fine. Um, But you just, yeah, you have to find what what you like and what what feels good to you, whatever medium that is, and just push into it. And yeah, yeah, I I don't think, I don't think you can ever really go wrong if, if you're passionate about something and, and you just really, you know, go for it. Right. I think that's so true. I think a lot of times people are, see something they like and try to kind of emulate that. But if it's not coming from who you really are, then it, it, it does come across. Uh, what does your husband think about your videos? Because I know I like to make t- TikToks and I am 34, but I act like I'm 15. <laughs> and he literally just like and laughs at me all the time. Like I'm ridiculous. <laughs> um, I will say my husband is like maybe one of the most encouraging people on the face of the earth. Like Aww, I so sweet. do wrong in his eyes, which for better or worse, um, <laughs> it, like I told him I started working on this, on this pilot script 
And he was like, that's great. I'm fully confident that you'll get that on TV. Like he doesn't Aww. even question it. Aww, with, that's so sweet. <laughs> like it's a little ridiculous at times because I'm like, honey, come on, be real. And he's like, no, I have full confidence. So it makes Aww. me have confidence. Like, oh, oh okay. Um, yeah. Very helpful. That's so good. It is really helpful. Tell us about, well, I don't know if you want to talk about your script yet, if it isn't something done, but we'd love to hear about it if you wanted to talk about it. Sure. I'll talk about it. So when I was in my early twenties, I had this boyfriend and we broke up and then he got cast on the real world. And oh, how funny, so, <laughs> which is like everyone's biggest nightmare, right? Like, please yes. don't let me go through a breakup on national television. Um, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, my, my husband, Brian, and I were just talking about that, and I thought, you know, I feel like that could be a really cool sitcom just to play with that story as a, as a jumping off point. So that, that's what I'm working on. I love that. So, but my husband is kind of the same. I know I made him sound like he rolled his eyes, but he's super encouraging, and he actually writes scripts. He was a radio TV film for like just a creative outlet. Oh, I'm like, cool. y'all should totally team up. He yes. has like some, one he's been working on like all of quarantine. I'm not the creative one. I'm just kind of the more encouragement person, maybe more like your husband, but that's so cool that you're doing that. Just keep going. I feel like you're going to sell it too. Oh, thank yeah. you. That's so nice. I really appreciate that. I hope so. <laughs> Wait, yeah. so what city was your boyfriend? Uh, I don't know like how long ago it was, but was it a certain city that he was on? Oh my gosh. Yes, it was. So let's see. It was like 15 years ago. He was on um, Austin. That's where we're from. What? (laughs) I like watched that season. Wait, wait, wait. What? From Austin? I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. My husband's from, my now has, my only husband, my husband Brian is from Austin too. No way. Yes. What? Where did he go to school? He <laughs> went to Mary Harden Baylor. Okay. Where did he go to high school? Oh, um, Cedar Park High School. What? what? <laughs> did you guys go there? No, but we went to Westwood, which is like we played Cedar Park in like everything. Whoa, that's crazy. When did How he graduate? Old was your husband? Yeah. He's 35. So he was, I think he graduated in 02. Okay. That's so he's, like, so he's age. yeah, he's around my age. That's so weird. I hung out with like Cedar Park people all the time. Whoa! We played. Okay. I'm gonna find you on Facebook and show him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Small that, world. That, that, is, that so is so funny. funny. That is hilarious, Kelly. I'm. This is Lauren, and I graduated in '99 from Westwood, and Cedar Park wasn't yet open. But I'm just three years older, so he's kind of in between Megan and I. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and Lauren, are are yeah. you the are you the one who did music for a while? Kristen did. She's the youngest. Okay. One okay. in Nashville by you. <laughs> okay. So Kristen, did you move here to do music to Nashville? Yeah. So I was at the time writing for like TV and film and the production company I was, or production publishing company I was working with started an uh, office out at here. So I, start, I came up here and started doing that here. Oh, okay. A lot of fun. That's cool. Yeah. So- I, I bet that you and Brian know a lot of the same people here because he was in music yeah. for, for a long time. Um, oh, wow. So you probably have. So crazy. Say that again. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I was just saying it's so crazy. Also, I noticed a similarity with you and Kristen is 
she loved to be like behind the scenes of singing and writing, but not on stage. And so that kind of reminded me of when you talked about your comedy. (laughs) Yeah, completely. It's like, I will, I'll write you all the words, but don't put a spotlight on me. (laughs) (laughs) That, that is one of the cool things I have to say about social media is just that somehow that screen with the phone, even though you're being recorded, it's like this layer of protection where it's not quite real or something. That's exactly (laughs) right. No, you're totally right. And I will say like of all of the stuff that I've put out and like some of it is funny and some of it is, is just crappy. Like it just runs the gamut, but I've not had any experience of anyone being mean or like sliding into my DMS and like saying like nobody is not supportive. And so I think social media gets a bad rap of being this hateful place. But I think, yeah, and you guys have probably found this with your podcast too. Like, if you can carve out a positive place that people come to, just you know, to learn or to laugh, it can be a really encouraging and uplifting space too. Absolutely, yeah. yes, I agree with that hundred percent. Yeah, um, I was going to ask just to back up a little bit when it comes to being a parent of a child with disabilities, and also comedy, so the two separate subjects, but are there any resources or groups that really kind of helped you and maybe are still helping you along that journey just to have kind of a safe space and people that can just really relate to what you're going through? Is there any of them that you would want to share that might be able to help somebody else that's walking through that? That's a really, really good question. My my biggest support, I will say, is other moms of kids with different disabilities, other moms who've walked through an adoption. Those have been my biggest supports. Um, and a lot of the times I find those people through social media initially, whether it's on Instagram, just like DMing with someone or in like a Facebook, a local Facebook group for moms then just building those relationships. So you have someone to text and be like, Oh my gosh, I don't know what to do about this. I have an IEP meeting coming up and I'm worried about these services. What would you do? How do I advocate? Just having those people in your corner, um, even if they don't have all the answers, they can find them out or maybe they know someone that does. I worked with a lot of amazing special educators and I was just texting with a teacher. I used to work with a friend about a question. Another mom had about autism resources in Tennessee So I was able to act as sort of like a conduit. Oh, I I have a friend who knows a lot about autism resources here. Let me text her for you and I'll get back to you. So just building those relationships so that you can either act as a bridge for someone or, you know, you can find someone who can be a bridge for you. That's really been the most helpful. Yeah, that's so good. And I, I have found as the older I get, it's the majority of people out there, they want to help, you know, and they want to be a resource for others and to make a positive impact on you. And so I think the hardest part is just when you're going through it, sometimes you can be like in a dark, hard place and where you might just feel so alone. But don't you think that if you can just get past that and just reach out and help that you'll just be so surprised with how many people want to help you and how much resources are out there? Yeah, you're 100% right. And Lauren, you are you the one who wrote the letter to the micro preemie mom? Yes. Is that, that you? Was, I yes, mean, that's it was. Exactly, exactly what you're saying right there. 
even when you're going through a really difficult time, acting as a voice for people who are walking through difficult times can be so healing for you and for other people. It's just, I just listened to that episode today and I just thought it was so great and I loved it so much. And it it also made me think like, so CJ, CJ was a, was born at 30 weeks and just hearing your story just made me feel, I don't know, more connected to him because I wasn't there for that time of his life, but just kind of hearing your experience and just sort of being able to imagine what that was like for him um, was really helpful and kind of cathartic for me. So thank you for sharing that piece of your family. Oh, of course. And thank you for sharing that. That's really cool. And actually, this is totally off topic, but you just reminded me of something that I got to witness that was one of the coolest things uh, I mentioned in the episode, how I went back and volunteered where Kai was born Yeah, and a baby came through. Sadly, they call him a no name baby, but he was born to a mother who was addicted to drugs. And so he was in the NICU by himself and she was giving him up for adoption. But the cool, what the nurses did was the, I just thought the coolest thing. So we all, all the volunteers, just, we were really working hard on him and just trying to put all of our energy and time to hold him and to get him weaned off the drugs and, and all of that. And just be there. Cause he literally didn't have anybody And the nurses, you know, they're assigned to four or five babies at the time. So they just don't have the time. So, but one of the coolest things is they put this book in his pod and they encouraged every volunteer that held him or fed him or prayed over him or whatever to write a letter and they were able to give that book to the adoptive parents whenever they came along who I had the pleasure of meeting and they were the coolest family. And so, I mean, I wasn't even the adoptive mom or the birth mom, but I was like in tears whenever that book was handed to the adoptive parents. And I think kind of what you just described about your son and that's just how, you know, that it was like breathtaking that they were able, even though they weren't there physically, they felt some connection to that time when they weren't there. So that is really special. And I think one of the things that is sort of a, I don't want to say a disservice to kids who adopt kids who've been adopted is, is so often. And I, and I feel like maybe this is more so in Christian communities, we sort of act like their story starts when they're adopted. And that's Mm -hmm. just not the case. Their story started so long ago when they were with their birth mom. And all of that story needs to be celebrated when, you know, whether their birth mom decides to parent or place them. and, And ultimately, if she decides to place them, then we still celebrate her as as the birth mom and we thank her because that's a such a loss it's such a huge loss for birth parents and i love that that hospital offered you know just more of his of, of that child's story to be written and shared so it wasn't just a gap of time where he was just being looked after by hospital workers but as a you know as sort of a transition between birth mom and adopted mom and adopted dad, you know, that wasn't just, there's no gap. He, he had, right. he or she has that piece of their story that they can, you know, choose to choose to learn from and grow from. And I think that's really beautiful. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. I chills. I know. <laughs> well, Kelly, we just thank you so much. We could sit here for hours and talk to you. You're so much fun. And we will certainly have to connect off, off the pod to more of our connections for sure. But like, 
We told you we like to end each of our episodes with a challenge for ourselves and our listeners for the week. And we would love for you to assign us our challenge for this week. Okay, cool. So I'm kind of stealing this challenge. I hope that's okay. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. yeah. I just finished reading The Lazy Genius Way by um, Kendra Adachi, and she's um, over at The Lazy Genius on Instagram. She's amazing. But one of the things she talks about in her book is the importance of starting small when you're going to start a project. So we had kind of talked about, you know, how to carve out time for, you know, whatever creative outlet you want. And so she really talks about starting small. And and she said she wanted to do yoga. So she committed to doing one downward dog every day. And that was it. And it sounds really small, but she was able to stick to that habit and build the habit. And, you know, slowly it became a bigger yoga practice. So what I wanted to challenge um, your listeners to is to just pick the one thing that they're going to commit to doing and just do it once a day. For me, I always commit, I'm going to write one joke a day. That's it. That's all I hold myself to. So whether life gets bonkers crazy or, you know, it's a slow day at home, that's my baseline. It usually ends up being more, but if I can do that one thing, then, then I don't feel like, you know, I don't fall off the wagon. I don't feel like, oh, I skipped a day. Now I'm not going to go back. So just to challenge your listeners to pick that one small thing that they're going to commit to for this week will be my challenge. Love it. Yes, that's so good. And just side note, if I had to write just one joke a day, I would be sitting at my computer all day. (laughs) So so that major props to you. That's even more signs that it is a gift, my friend. So yes, agreed. Yeah. Thank you for that challenge. I love it. Well, listeners, we thank you again for listening and coming and hanging out with us. Oh, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, Kelly, uh, let everybody know where they can find you. Oh, sure. Um, <laughs> I mostly hang out on Instagram at Kelly underscore Bandis. And I'm over on Twitter at the same Kelly underscore Bandis. Or my website is kellybandis.com. Just very simple branding. <laughs> Just- yeah, that makes it easy. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Everyone go check Kelly out. She is hilarious and she's a like your creative outlet for the day. You will just find yourself <laughs> peeing in your pants. She's so funny. Yeah. But- <laughs> listeners we thank you for coming and hanging out another week and we hope that you have a wonderful day and we will see you next week yes see you guys next week bye Bye.